toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your free 30-day Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes 73 and 78. And I've personally been receiving the scalar energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in energy, including the chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a gift I've been able to provide for my family. And I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Nikki Toon. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes because reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. Please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment and get centered with us. And I'd like to invite you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity. Remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Nikki Toon, a mother of two children, who has worked professionally with children, parents, and families until the pandemic, and has since developed programs that can support the parent through spiritual awakening, as well as bring their children empowering tools to understand the power of the magical universe. Nikki learned that parenting is a sacred journey of healing and awakening through her own experiences raising her children. Thank you so much for being with us today, Nikki. And to get started, tell us what got you down this spiritual journey, this path of yours. 
Thank you for having me on your magical show. I'm just so grateful. First off, thank you. Um, and, and what brought me here is a, an incredible journey of understanding that parenting is a sacred process of healing and awakening. And it all kind of started with, of course, you know, two years ago when a lot of people's lives dramatically changed and, and mine did too. And I found myself at home full time with my kids and I pulled them out of school and daycare and uh, insisted on being with them at home, you know, hundred percent of the time. And I found that that led me to realize I needed to work on my relationship with my kids. It was convenient before that to be going to work full time and for them to go to their places where they can do their learning and educating and, um, and make their friendships and have their social life and, and develop in their own way as well. And to have me do what I love to do separately from the home. And that was just the way of it. That's the way of our culture. That's the way that parents work, but then everything changed. And then we were at home full time with, with really nowhere to go really. And so it kind of helped me realize that there was a lot that needed to shift and change with regards to my relationship with them. Uh, it made it really obvious that uh, that there were some things coming up that I had struggles with and I wanted to be a better parent knowing that I was going to be with them full time moving forward. So that kind of started everything for me and looking deeper into what is happening, what do I need to change and how can I make improvements so that I can be the best parent and so that they have a healthy environment in which to grow in. So uh, yeah, I guess I could start with um, before everything kind of shut down and changed. I was working professionally in my community with uh, parents. I was teaching parents education programs on how to develop their parenting strategies and tools that they can use within their family home to enhance, you know, their family dynamic. And I was kind of the go-to person in my community for, for parenting support. So I was running uh, workshops and programs and teaching parents and offering tools as well. And I really enjoyed that. I really loved helping parents. And I also worked with children. I developed programs that inspired a healthy childhood development and kind of worked with the family unit in an individual level and a group level and in the community level. So I really loved what I was doing for uh, my career and where it was headed. I loved working with people. But then, of course, with everything changing, there was no way I could be with people or groups or in my community in the same way. And when I found myself at home full time with my kids, it, to be quite frank, I was slightly embarrassed um, about the fact that I was the go-to person for parenting support and help. I had tools in my tool belt. I had the education and training. But what I found was none of that helped me. None of that really gave me the tools that I needed. And there was something missing. I felt like I was the person that should know everything or at least have access to find out more so I could help myself. But nothing was really working with my kids and, and their behaviors and how I was feeling about them and in our dynamic in our family home. And I realized that, well, clearly all of that education, training and experience didn't help me personally. So I had to do more of a deep dive to kind of find out what is it that I can do to improve my, my relationship with my kids. Wow, what a powerful story. I so love that you were being vulnerable and sharing like I was supposed to be this expert. And, you know, when my kids were finally at home, it, it didn't work for me. And I think that's so comforting to hear for a lot of parents 
because I know you're not alone. I mean, I struggled too, because I had two kids in elementary school and having them home all day long and all the emotions they were going through, why they couldn't see their friends at school and teachers. And then, you know, also why I wasn't able to go back to the workplace I was at just brings up a whole different dynamic. I'm curious, what, what about these deeper dives that you mentioned? Like you had these tools that you were teaching and you're like, okay, those, those aren't working for me. What was the deeper dive that kind of led you down to what you now do? So I realized quickly that the, the old ways of dealing with behaviors that I saw were problems uh, were not working and it was not ever going to work and they didn't suit my children. I have two children, by the way, I have uh, at the time that this was all happening, um, my oldest was seven and my youngest was three and, and close to being four. So they were quite young. And, you know, it's, it's important to know their developmental stages and ages as they grow, because my job was to teach about brain neuroscience and epigenetics and how the developing brain changes over time as they develop an age and, um, you know, what appropriate activities or strategies should be in place depending on their age. And so I was that person that kind of understood that. I understood the science of attachment and I was the person that was teaching parents these things. And those are tools that are really useful. I, I never want to share with anybody that that's not beneficial at all to know those things. It is really helpful, but it didn't really address this reality that, we are having an energetic exchange as well with our child. And so with my relationship with my child, I realized that, okay, my strategies aren't working. And what's happening is I'm just spiraling into frustration and it's getting worse. I'm getting upset more. I'm getting triggered more. And so what I did was I just decided, you know what, at the end of the day, they're being kids and that's what kids do. They're going to be disruptive and loud and make messes and make mistakes. And they're supposed to, and we are supposed to nourish the environment where they're safe to do those things. But why am I being so triggered? Triggered. And so what I did and what I tell other parents is to put your own oxygen mask on first. Treat yourself like you are the one that needs support when you're upset. It isn't your child's behavior that needs to change necessarily. They're doing what is very healthy and normal developmentally for them, exploring their limitations, their world, and, and all the dynamics that come with it. And your job is to create you know, a space for that and to see what's going on and to nurture what needs to be nurtured. And so really the, the process was, was to go within and to see why I was reacting so strongly to some behaviors that I deemed either inappropriate or negative or bad or needing changing. And so in our culture of parenting, it's hierarchical, right? The parent obviously is the eldest and the biggest and the smartest and the most experienced and therefore is to raise these young children up to be what they're supposed to be for society to accept. But at the end of the day, what we're dealing with here is a being that is on equal level with us, an energy being that is an innately intelligent and wise. And that was the kind of realization I came to. These children aren't just little beings that I have to train and teach and enforce the rules around how they're supposed to behave and understand their world. In reality, they're kind of showing me things that I needed to look at for myself. And so children are a mirror. They're a magical mirror for us to kind of see 
what is it that I need to look at? And that was kind of happening for me, whereas I went inside and asked more questions and got more curious about my big reactions and my big, I guess, thoughts behind what was perceived as a negative behavior or a behavior that needed to change. And so as soon as I got curious about the process of why am I reacting so negatively and so loudly, and I'm almost like a a child myself having a little tantrum and a fit, you know, and why? And so I need to look at myself and ask more questions. Why am I behaving this way? What do I feel? Why am I feeling this way? What is it exactly that bothers me so much? And because clearly my strategies weren't changing anything. It wasn't them that needed to change. It was me. And I noticed that as soon as I went deeper and did some journaling and did some process work and got curious about myself, I found that those behaviors just didn't happen anymore. They didn't trigger me anymore. They weren't something that were present in our lives anymore. They kind of just naturally went away. And it almost seemed as though my child was showing me the things I needed to look at in a way that helped me understand, oh yeah, I don't really want to behave and react this way or feel this way. What is it that I need to shift and change within me? And then naturally it kind of unfolded that those behaviors that upset me so much, they, they kind of disappeared and went away. And that led me down this path of understanding that it's this, you know, molecular energetic exchange with my child that is a sacred parenting process. It is completely individual and no cookie cutter parenting education program out there is going to work for your personal processes and understanding that I'm getting upset because my child's behaving or doing this, but it's not my child that needs to necessarily change their behaviors so much as it is me needing to look at what it is that I need to shift in my understanding of what's happening. Because I guess whenever you begin the process of homeschooling as well, you kind of notice that, you know, oh, the school education system, for example, doesn't exactly match my child's needs. And um, they are developing in their own process. And they're going to grow and change and they're going to need different things at different times. And the school education structure may not provide what the child is needing at that time. And so that tells me that, well, these structures then aren't placed for a really good reason. And they are helpful for some people. But I think for the most part, with the new children coming in, um, they are not going to fit in that paradigm or that structure or that you know, program. It's not going to match with what they're needing. And so these structures um, obviously need to change. And that means the parenting structure needs to change. And so, yes, it is helpful to know some science, neuroscience and attachment theory and the latest research being done, which let me, let's just face it, it changes. It changes every 10 years. There's a new research study. There's a new understanding of healthy child development and what the best approach is, a new parenting program. Um, And those are all wonderful. But really what it is, is recognizing what do I need? You know, my child is getting their needs served. They have a home, they they have nurturing, they have a presence of a caring, loving adult and all the basic necessities are met. What do I need now so that I can bring myself to cleanse, purify, look at and resolve some issues that I'm holding and carrying that my child is showing me with their behaviors and the way I'm reacting to my child to allow me to become my most authentic self so that we can have deeper relationships with our children in that way. Oh, thank you so much for for sharing that. I think, you know, just looking at what has happened over the past couple of years with the pandemic, you know, we can 
look at it as a pandemic or we can look at it as, you know, a, an awakening, right? And so our collective consciousness is, you know, had to go inside into, you know, in, to break down the structures, you know, taking the kids out of school, you know, being at home, going within. And it sounds like that really led you to go within at that time to really help see that your children are there for as a mirror to you. I love that because all relationships, whether we're talking about children or romantic partners or parents, you know, we're all mirrors for each other. And so you also mentioned that children are coming in, the children that are coming into our world at this time. And I'm wondering if you can say a little bit more about that and how that might be creating a different awakening for us. Absolutely. So I do use the term star seed and I use that term for a good reason. I do feel like it is a category. It is a way to, to kind of like, you know, create an understanding with our language that of all the people that are coming into the planet now and incarnate to, onto the planet that are from the stars. And that's just in essence, what that means that we're all seeded from the stars. And I really do believe that. I believe that we are from other star systems. We've had other lifetimes, not not just on planet earth. And I believe that the children coming in now, even more so most definitely. And so they're coming in with a wisdom therefore. And so when I say the word star seed, I say it in a way where it's just representing an idea that we're more than just this reality, this existence and this now moment. And I use that word because I know that people as they're awakening, they will resonate with that word. They will be drawn to that word. And so I use that in my program on my social media to try to draw an understanding that we're more than just a human here. We're much more than that. We have an wisdom we have past lives we've had other experiences and we're these dynamic beautiful beings of light that are kind of housed in this one experience at the moment that we're living and understanding and growing with and so yeah the starseed children coming in there are different groups that people have talked about you know the rainbow children the crystal children the indigo children and they all have their own unique individual traits and so with that i would say that you know all children are unique and special if there's a parent out there wondering, you know, is my child a starseed child? I would say 100% yes. I, I would say all children are. I would never leave a child out saying, yeah, you know, probably not. <laughs> I mean, we, we're all starseed children here on earth, right? And some of us actually are um, a fractal of Mother Earth herself having an existence as a human on this planet. So it, it can get very interesting whenever we look really deeply into, you know, what does it mean to be a starseed and where are we from? And all of the beautiful stories that get woven into that. And if anybody is interested in that, I would highly suggest Dolores Cannon's work in documenting all of those quantum healing sessions and hypnosis sessions, sorry, rather, that she revealed so much about people's past lives and other planets and systems. And she speaks about the incoming wave of people and how they're from um, other existences and have had other experiences. And so starseed children, to me, are beings that have unique traits. They do not really fit well into systems and paradigms and structures that we currently have. And so, you know, a lot of children are struggling in school and they're being labeled with certain, you know, cognitive disorders and mood disorders and other issues. And there's so many more of them than there ever were. And it's because they just don't fit into these structures. They're here to change the structures. They're here to 
change the dynamic of the world that we currently exist in, in ways that we couldn't possibly imagine. But one thing is for sure, is they do not fit the, the structures that we currently have here. And so the children coming in are showing us that by not really fitting well into you know, an example, the school education system, it doesn't work, it doesn't serve their purposes and needs, it doesn't match their developmental needs, it isn't serving them. And some of the things that they're learning aren't really that useful for them either, because they're here already knowing everything that they need to learn. And so some of them are maybe even bored. And the behaviors that are, you know, labeled as cognitive disorders or whatnot, are actually just a reaction to pure boredom, like I, I don't need to know all this stuff. I've learned this stuff before, or I'm not here to learn this stuff. I actually have other things planned. <laughs> and so it's fascinating to allow a child the room to choose what it is that they want to immerse themselves in and to see it as valuable. Even if it's, you know, a child that just wants to read fantasy novels, you know, uh, for example, or like draw pictures, that's all they wanna do all day. Let's create spaces where we allow them to do that. And we nourish their desires and their goals and what they like and what they're drawn to because, there will be a part of their future where that will become really important for them, that they practice that, that they immerse themselves in that, that they will take that tool and it will become purposeful for what they're meant to do here because they're meant to recreate the systems that we currently have, bringing in what people have called the new earth. And so when children are in schools and they're being disruptive and the teacher is frustrated, that child is holding up a mirror to the teacher saying, well, you're frustrated, not because of my behavior, but because you can't within the constructs of your job actually do what you feel called to do, which is to work with us children and provide what we're asking for so that we can be nourished and that we can you know, create this new world that we are looking forward to. And that's what they're here for. And so a lot of the work I do is helping parents through my online program that I developed, come to the realization that this isn't just a child that I have to raise and educate and, you know, do my best as a parent for. This is a, a being who is here to do something really important. And the best thing I can do is to heal myself, become my authentic self, you know, reduce those limiting beliefs and systems and structures that are dictating what we should be doing and instead follow our guidance, follow our heart and allow my child to be raised in an environment where they are nurtured and doing what it is that they need to do here because it will not be something that follows the system and the program that we have currently. Anybody out there who has children and they're in the school system and you reflect on your childhood being in a school system, because I certainly was raised in the school system. I went through to university. I finished university. I got a degree. And, you know, that it was promised that if you just do these things, you know, listen, record it in your mind and memory, put it on paper or regurgitate it later, they'll reward you with certificates and rewards and grades. And then you finally get out of university and then you should be on top. 
Well, that's clearly not what happens to a lot of people. It didn't happen for me. And so I know that that is not the pathway that I want my children to take. I know that that's not the way to living your fullest life and your fullest expression and in, in being authentic. And, and to me, that is more successful than any paper that you could get after, you know, many, many years working within institutions. And so knowing that we know that our children are here to do it differently. They're here to recreate this way of growing up in this world, of living, of conducting relationships with others and building community and whatever it is that they're here to do, they're going to do it completely differently. And I don't know if we can really imagine what that's going to look like. I don't think that's our job. I think our job as parents is to make sure that we are clearing the debris that we're holding in ourselves that are limiting them from becoming what it is that they need to be. And that means, you know, looking at that child parent dynamic as an energy exchange and asking yourself more questions as to what is my child, you know, unconsciously showing me that maybe I need to look at. And when I say that, I kind of want to bring an example in. So my second child, she was the one that rocked my world <laughs> in a positive way. She was the one that uh, came into my life. And then I was like, wow, put on the brakes. I am taken for a loop. I don't know what to do with this child. I am, nothing seems to work. And, and so she was the one that kind of came and shook me up. And so a lot of things that she does, and she still does some wild things that I would never predict a child to do. And I just have to like look at myself and say, huh, that's really interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a good example. I guess the, the standard example is, you know, throwing food on the floor when you have children and you're feeding them a meal and you're just exhausted, you know, you've been at it all day and you have to get them a healthy meal. You know, that's what we got to do. And, and all you want to do is just sit down and read a book or something, but you got to, you know, make sure that they're eating enough and that they're eating well, and then clean up the plates and do dishes. And there's so much to do. You're exhausted. So you feed them, you serve them a healthy meal. And then you find that somebody throws some of it on the floor, either on purpose or by mistake. You don't even know, you don't even care. You're just tired. And then you just go into a fit. And so that was me. I had done that. And um, I think I had to look at myself and ask like, why was that so upsetting? It's just food. I mean, I have lots of it. We're abundant with food where I live and that's a blessing and it's okay. And maybe that's not something that they wanted to eat today. And I have to maybe accept that and change it up or ask questions and, and figure it out. And I had to look deeper. You know, why was it so triggering for me to see food being thrown on the floor and being wasted? Well, I can remember being a child and dinner times being really important times where you finish your plate or else you don't get, you know, dessert or you have to go to bed early or you're, you're going to get yelled at or don't waste it. And all these messages came in when we were children and thinking even further back, you know, my ancestors had experienced starvation and poverty and lack. And so it's deep in my DNA and in my cells. And that is intergenerational trauma that I am carrying forward and then teaching my children to have those belief systems, that there's lack, limitation, that food is precious, that we have to, we can't throw anything out and you never know when we won't have any. And, and so I think that that's a really good example because I think that that's very real for a lot of people. Having that, you know, um, ancestry where there was poverty and there was desperation and there was a lack of food. And then being in the present time, we don't necessarily have that struggle where we typically are on the planet and there seems to be plenty of food everywhere and I've even learned to forage for wild goods as well there's 
plenty of edibles out there. And so there should never be a, an idea of lack when it comes to food. And so I had to heal that in myself. And I do believe that when we look at that really dark, intense stuff, that's hard to acknowledge and take a good look at it. I feel that we are healing, not only ourselves, but we're healing our ancestors behind us and we're healing our children in front of us because now they don't have to carry that in their cells in their DNA. And so that's just like an example of why it's important to look at everything that's going on that upsets you, you know, that involves your children. They're doing things unconsciously because they came into this existence through you as a vessel. And I honestly believe that there was a big conversation going on in the spirit realm of, hey, let's do this again. I'll be your mom and you can be my kid and yay. And then you make an agreement and then, you know, you realize that, well, yeah, we're kind of here to shake it up and to wake each other up and to heal. And so I do believe that our children are here to come through us so that we can individually provide for them in what they're needing for their purpose here. But we can only do that if we face healing that needs to take place so we can be the best parents. And so that is kind of sums up for me to explain to you why parenting is a spiritual sacred journey. It's an ongoing process. Yes, I would agree. It's an ongoing process. There is so much wisdom to unpack and all of that. Nikki, thank you for bringing that to enlightenment. I mean, I so identify with, you know, having my own daughters and I feel like they have come down as like my teachers, my greatest teachers, and they have brought so much awakening into my life. Things I didn't think I even needed to learn or to know. And it's like universe came in and said, oh no, this one is here to make you more aware of being spontaneous and being creative. And then I have another one that's the total opposite. I find it interesting that, you know, it's like, for me, having two children, I receive different gifts, very different gifts from each one of them. And I also love that you tied in this intergenerational trauma. I mean, I personally believe I was definitely gifted with girls to heal some of the abusive trauma that although was not my personal experience, but that was my mom and my grandma and my great grandma's experience that, you know, I was basically the cycle breaker of that. And so now my girls get to experience, you know, relationships within the family that do not involve physical abuse and what a gift that is, you know, for me, but then also healing that, like you said, inner intergenerational trauma. So I'm so grateful that you brought an awareness to that. I think our listeners will really appreciate that, especially when parenting can be tough. Like when the kid throws the food on the floor after you've spent all this time to prepare it, it can be difficult to see the light when sometimes the day-to-day stuff, I mean, my kids are a little bit older now, but I remember thinking, man, I know the time goes by fast, but sometimes the days are long. <laughs> sometimes they can just seem really long. So I'm, I'm curious, like what other, I don't know if I, you want to call it lessons or maybe insights can we learn from our children, especially when we're like really engaged or observing them? What can we learn from them? I mean, I would say that it's completely individual for each individual person and everybody is unique and their parent-child dynamic is unique as well. And so our children are going to be teaching us so much about 
ourselves. And, and naturally, as parents, you know, whenever you see your children growing up and, you know, becoming little people, you know, and changing every day, we always reflect on our own childhood. You know, oh, well, I remember when I was that age and I did the same thing. And, you know, the, the trending thing or the fun thing to do as a parent is to find the same food you loved when you were a child and bring that to your kid. And you just like, you kind of revel in childhood, almost like you're revisiting your own childhood frequently. And that's what our children are naturally doing for us as they are growing and living. We're reflecting on our own experiences and in relation to theirs. And that can bring up specific things that perhaps happened in childhood. Like, I want to say that there's a lot of intergenerational trauma clearing that's happening in the parent-child dynamic, but I also want to say that it's also childhood traumas that come up a lot when we see our children reflecting who we were at that age, what was happening for us at that time when we were that age. Um, and so that kind of stuff comes up. It's completely different for everyone. And so we reflect back on when I was that age, this happened to me and this is what I needed. And then we kind of feel a desire to kind of nurture ourselves a bit more like, yeah, I did need that when I was a kid and I just needed that so bad. I needed more hugs. I needed more attention or love from my parents. And so now I'm going to do that for my kids. I'm going to hug them more and, and give them more, you know, feedback and attention. And so um, I think that that's a really beautiful sacred process as well. That's very natural. It just happens naturally without us really having to think about it too hard or do any kind of special work. And so I think that there is a natural unfolding of healing that goes on just with raising children in general, especially if we're, you know, receptive to our own thoughts and we listen to our heart. And so I think that it's a magical process that everyone experiences when they have children. And I think that it's even more rewarding to kind of look at things that are deeper, more uncomfortable whenever we're engaging with our children, because our children are going to do things that, you know, that we don't want them to do. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they're here for. They're here to experience and explore. And our job is to keep them safe and protect them. But it's as soon as we don't want them to be safely exploring and experience life that we have to look at, well, why? What is it that I don't want them to do? What is it that I'm afraid might happen? And is it something that happened to me? And so it's just this wonderful, natural process that you kind of go through as a parent that reveals so much about yourself and identifying, you know, my greatest successes or the wonderful things about me or, and also the things that I wish I could change or the things that I need to look at because it really bothers me and I don't want to hold that anymore. And so it's just this dynamic relationship. And so if they're ever curious about, well, where do I go to get information about this and where is a good resource I would say well I mean like every parent you would probably look at the science and the research done and the latest information there and start with that because that is a tool and that's handy but that's dealing with really the physical environment so much but not so much your emotional and spiritual perspective and environment so then I would look at you know personal trauma healing resources and there are so many somatic processes journaling writing out your dreams and what happened in your dreams and just allowing things to kind of link up, allowing magic to take place where you kind of see connections, you know, like you, you thought about your grandmother and then the song comes on the radio that made you think of your grandmother. And then you think of a time when your grandmother and you had like a really impactful moment. And then you reflect on that as you're with your children, knowing that that happened. And that was a message from your grandmother coming through something that you wanted to put in your hearts that when you engage with your children, you were 
a little different at that moment and also gifted them that energy as like a seed that would grow and develop without you even realizing it. So just trusting in magic happening and trusting that you know, we're not alone through this process and we're divinely guided and we have intuition and our children do too. And so I would like to introduce the program that I do. I developed this program and I, I will share the story. I was wondering, what am I going to do to, you know, support the spiritual community and still work with families and children and parents? And I woke up one morning out of bed and I had it all planned out in my head and it, it just landed in there. And it was such a big program. And I honestly, whenever I look at, you know, stories of people receiving downloads that's what happened I was I received a download package and it just kind of like opened up and I got a notebook out really fast and I wrote it all as quick as I could because it was starting to like you know fade like a dream and disappear sort of and then I was like I know what I'm gonna do now I'm gonna run a program an educational program for parents to bring to their children so that we can help with that, you know, relationship piece as well. And so I run this online program and I will do it in person as well. And it's called the Children's Intuitive Development Program. And so it walks through a weekly and I guide the process along. I'm more of a guide, not the teacher. I provide tools that includes PDF downloads, uh, meditation tracks, and videos for kids to kind of grasp concepts of, to start off with the first week is um, all about energy and how energy is everything. And then the second week is involving how not only is energy everywhere, but we are also energy too. We are energy beings and what that means. And then week three, of course, is the power of your words have an impact. Not only are we energetic in nature, but that means that our thoughts have an energy, our words have an energy. And so whenever we are using words and language to describe our world or to, you know, uh, say certain things to our loved one or to ourselves, we have to understand that that's an energy component it as well. And each week there is an experiment to do with your kids so that they kind of understand the concept in a fun way. And also it kind of demonstrates the reality and truth of it all. And it leads down the path of, you know, how we are intuitive and we have spirit guides as well. We're not alone here to give that child more confidence and self-empowerment. And really the program is designed to allow the parent to have spiritual experiences with children, your own children, so that you can kind of see, well, yeah, my child is innately wise, powerful being that I'm not higher than, and I'm matched with, and we're together doing this together, having this beautiful relationship together. And it's helping the family unit kind of recognize where we can go with this. And what does this mean then? And having more of common ground on a spiritual level to see the child as powerful already and already wise and someone that's teaching us something. And so that's the program that will kind of lead the parent to that realization. And then of course, in the last week, I talked to parents all about this and their parenting journey so far and what it is that they are recognizing that maybe they would like to change in their dynamic with their child and how they can look at that closely to change it by figuring out where it comes from. What belief system does it come from and why are you holding on to it? And does it need to be held on to anymore and allowing a lot of healing to take place because I really believe that you know while we are ascending and needing to let go of things from ourselves and our DNA that we no longer need to hold on to so that we can take on more light 
to ascend and to be these authentic beings with integrity that we are meant to be. And I think that process is happening now. And so I would really like to you know, guide parents along the path of self-healing practices, looking at embedded traumas or doubts or shame or moments of discomfort that they've had in the past or things that they don't like that they behave with others and that reflects back to them what they don't like and they do want to change. And there's lots of processes involved and there are so many tools out there as well. And so I kind of give parents, you know, the tools that I've used and that works really, really well, that worked for me, but then there's so many ways to go about it too. And it's really like a magical journey. And it it turns out to be more of a solo journey as well, right? Allowing your child to be healthy and safe, allowing them to do what they need to do, but then recognizing that, oh yeah, I didn't really like what my child did. And why is it that I don't like that so much? And what is it that I need to look at? And then using those tools to kind of help that process. Mm -hmm. And then naturally you're healing that energy dynamic with your child. Um, Yeah. So that's really interesting that your program, which sounds like an amazing online program, both for a parent and child almost as, you know, as you said, as students, equal students, it's kind of how you mentioned how children are reinventing the structures, the old structures, like the public school structure that no longer fits starseed children or just, you know, children who come in with this light. So is that one of the ways you see children like reinventing these systems so that now you offer an online program that more aligns, it seems, with what children now are really asking for or It just feels more like uh, what would fit their, whether it's learning style or who they are as a person and doing that, you know, coherently with both parent and kiddo. Yeah, there's so much happening in the world now that once you meet somebody that has an idea or is recreating, you know, what education should look like with a child, then you find that it's actually happening all around us. There's all these forest schools popping up, right? Where parents are really gravitating towards, I want my child to be in the woods and to learn nature. And that's just obviously something that's coming up because of this realization that our children need more. The school system and the school structure is not really serving our kids and our kids need something different. And so it's all about having experiences. And since the the lockdown that we had, you know, a lot of parents went to homeschooling and homeschooling is a wonderful tool or pathway to go down to kind of realize all the structures in place that limit our child and their needs and development because we really believe when we're as we're unschoolers that you know children don't really learn to read when they're five or six they might learn to read when they're seven or eight and that's really okay they're not in trouble and it isn't wrong and whenever we you know, talk about our children. We just say, not yet. Our child is not yet reading and that's okay too. They will when they're developmentally ready for it. Just like us, like as adults, right? Like maybe read a a really interesting book, but it didn't really sink in. And then, you know, like we didn't really utilize the message from that learning or from that book, but then down the road, it does sink in finally. Now I realize what that information was meant, like means to me and how I can process that because I wasn't ready for it yet. And so it's the same with children, right? That whenever they're ready to read, they will read. And it's all about giving them experiences, especially when they're young. And so it's, to me, it's not, it's all about this non-conformity. You know, I don't want to buy into an already existing plan or system unless my child is interested or wants to do that. 
then we'll do that. And so being a homeschooler, being an unschooler really does help me look at the current systems and structures and ones that work and don't work for us. And we naturally want to gravitate towards, you know, I want to go to nature school and forest school. And there are schools being structured right now that are Montessori kind of schools that Waldorf inspired, that want to teach children or self-awareness tools and give them experiences rather than pushing information and having them remember and then documenting their memory of it, which is what we kind of have now. And so I think that it's naturally unfolding that our children are here to kind of change things. And as we, as parents, as we're healing and learning that, oh yeah, the, the world as I understand it and know it may not fit everyone's world, especially not my children. And my job is to give them what they need. And I can do that by healing my understanding of maybe that this doesn't work anymore and then gift them what it is that they are asking for or need or that we gravitate towards. And that could be, you know, a special school system. And so the online program definitely uh, introduces that, you know, that our children could really like benefit from learning about the spiritual realms that we do live in and how we're more than just, there is no empty space and it's all filled with information and we can access that information as well by tuning into our hearts and how important that is and how we can kind of feel what's right for us and what's not right for us and trust that and to have that sovereignty and to gift that to our children so that they grow up knowing who they are, knowing what's right for them so that when they are approached by, you know, systems and structures in place saying, no, 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 the only way to live a good life is to do it this way, then they will know hundred percent. No, that isn't for me. That isn't for me. I know me. And so to give our children that gift, then they will inevitably know who they are, feel empowered and create the world that we're meant to have and lead the way. And our job is to allow them, allow them to do that and heal ourselves in the process that we can open those doors for them and allow them to have that. So the program that I teach certainly does teach the, the child some of these really important spiritual tools of knowing who they are, how powerful they really are, and knowing that if they just tune into their heart center and go within, they will feel what's right for them at that time that they can share that with their parents and their parent can do the same as well. And so it really brings a beautiful relationship for each of the parent and the child through the program and through that experience. And it lasts a lifetime. And I think it's really a great tool. And I think that it was divinely gifted to me as well to bring it to others. And since running this program, I have learned that there are other programs similar, doing similar things, wanting to bring children more spiritual tools, like using pendulums and stuff. And I have learned of different learning centers that are open to bringing more of those tools to children around the world. So it's been a fascinating journey so far. And I think it's just beginning. So thank you for sharing that. I, you know, really made me think about my own son and who is 20 now, but, you know, I, he was in the traditional school system for the first few years of his life up till about first, second grade. And then I just realized like he was not a kid that could sit in a desk and, you know, they wanted to put him on, you know, Ritalin or, you know, some other ADHD medication. And I, I was like, absolutely not. 
And so I switched him to lab school, which was a non-traditional expeditionary learning school. And so instead of sitting at a desk learning about the river, he went up to the river and studied the ecology of it. They went on camping trips and, you know, really just studying nature. And he thrived in that environment. And I think, you know, our school structures right now are so not meant for the kids coming in. They can't, they're not meant to sit in the desks for so long. And children, you know, are being put on unreasonably amount of medications that our brains are not, I'll just say Ritalin deficient, right? We're not Prozac deficient. We There's things that are underlying that to get to the root. And so, you know, how can we truly help support those kids that need that kind of environment? What can the parent do, you know, to nurture, you know, this child that needs more of that deeper learning, or they have this interest, like you said earlier, you know, they they may want to draw or, you know, do these things. And then there's these other structures that are currently saying, no, but it needs to be this way. And so they're feeling really stuck in, you know, what is this decision? I'm, I'm being told this by, you know, this society, societal pressure, but then I'm also wanting to go this direction. And, you know, so what would you tell parents and how would you really nurture that child's needs? Like, what would you, what would be like just maybe one or two things you could suggest for that person? Well, I would suggest that uh, homeschooling is the way to go. And if our child is showing us and telling us in many ways that they're not comfortable or it doesn't work for them or they're struggling, then I would pull them out of that system that is clearly not reflecting what it is that they're looking for and needing. And I would do what's called uh, de-schooling at home. So that would be, we're removing all concepts of structures and systems. We're not waking up early. We're not setting an alarm. We're not getting dressed right away either. We're not going to rush. And we're just going to allow, you know, time to unfold and look at things that, you know, engage your curiosity and to not have an expectation of outcome, but rather, you know, enjoy the process rather than celebrating the concluding product, which is what school education systems are structured to do. It's more about the experiences and the process of learning something that's more fun. It's the journey of learning something that we need to celebrate. And so I would do that in a process of de-schooling and deconstructing all those concepts and just have life experiences, go on trips, take nature walks, you know, and visit other friends and family members that you need to see and have more relationship with people that you can't have access to because you're in a nine to three school system. And I would recommend that to parents. And I know that not a lot of parents have that beautiful benefit of being at home with their children because perhaps they need to work, they need to make an income. And for that, I would say, well, then there's always homeschooling them in the evening on weekends, because with homeschooling, especially with an unschooling approach, education takes place everywhere and learning is happening all the time. And it could be focused on more in the evening or on weekends. Or if your child is younger and you need to hire maybe somebody to be at home with them, like a babysitter or a nanny, or you can find a learning pod where your child can then go into a a new system that maybe perhaps more reflects their interests and allows them more flexibility and to nurture them. Because the reason why our children have difficulty sitting in chairs all day is because that's not how children learn and that's not how they need to be learning. And we kind of know that now. There's a lot of information out there that kind of describe, you know, what children are how children learn. They learn through play. They learn through being curious and exploring something new, being introduced to a concept that school 
cannot provide. And school is just kind of limiting in its programming. It can only do so much because of funding and, and resources and the teacher's background. And there's so many different reasons why, but our children could learn so much more. Like you said, like your son kind of learning about, you know, rivers and water systems and ecology and being out in nature that could never happen in the school system. And so I think it's beautiful gift to give your child and yourself to just, you know, not have a huge expectation on any outcome, but just enjoy the small pleasures of experiences in learning and being curious and living. And that alone, I think, is enormous for a child to have that flexibility. Yes, I so agree. Thank you so much for all of your insights, Nikki. What a pleasure it's been to have this conversation with you. In wrapping up, tell our listeners where they can find you. And you mentioned your online program, but where maybe where they can find that. So I have a website. It is tunedandinspired.com. So T-U-N-E-D and inspired.com. And on my website, you will find the online program. There's also a shortened version, which doesn't require any like, you know, weekly meeting or schedule or Zoom calls or replays. And that's kind of like a do it on your own time, shortened version for parents if they need that. And as well, I am on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, tuned in inspired soul. So that's where people can find me as well. I am launching the online program May 17th. I just chose another date. I'm like, let's do it again. That was so much fun. And so hopefully people can jump on board. It's really great. We get to do like weekly live calls where I lead a meditation for kids and parents to enjoy together. And then we talk about some of the concepts from that, from the week learning and the topic um, and kind of, you know, ask people to share their experiences. And it's just a lot of fun. So I'm doing that again. I'm really excited. And I hope that people can find the opportunity to join me. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for being here with us and having this beautiful conscious conversation. I know it'll be so helpful for our listeners who are parents and just to really, you know, resonate and and give them some tools to help, you know, with the parenting because it's such an important part and, you know, the kids are the future, you know, and so really tapping into that and recognizing their own healing. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.